0: This year will be different. This year will be different. This year will be different. This year, I need to eat less. You know what? I do solemnly swear that this year I will lose 10 pounds. Or at least 5. 5 is the magic number. That's how many times I want to visit my grandmother this year. Which would be 5 more than last year. Learn to wait. I always want things instantly. I need patience. Now, this year, I'll be nicer to my parents. What, mom? Get off my back. I just need peace in my life. I'm just so nervous all the time. I just, I'm twitching. Three kids, I'm a twitcher. I'm twitching, I twitch. I just can't seem to get... My pits to stop sweating. Can you Can you see this? Look, when did I become the human leak? I mean, I know I've got some stress about my future and everything, but why can't I just be like everyone else if you conceal it? Okay, I'll just have to fake it till I make it, and I'll... Be better than I've ever been in my entire life. If I'm gonna make this year count, I have to do some things differently. To pay time. Make some goals this year. Just three, not ten. Stop judging people who aren't like me. Stop snapping at my kids. Dream. Character over image. Learn that I'm loved, but not entitled. God, if you forget about me, I'm here. Just show me what to Give me the strength to change. What am I saying? I don't even know if I want to change, God. I'm comfortable. I have a good life. I know. You want the best for me. So why don't I want the best for me? Starting tomorrow, using my gifts and talents, I'm going to live my life differently. God's way. I'm tired of keeping this great gift. A secret. Can I tell you a secret? I feel like I'm separated from something. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But whatever I need, it's bigger than this world can offer. I offer my life, God. It's something much more than what I can see. So please, God, would you just take this little bit of faith that I have? I just can't wait another year. Hebrews chapter 13. Beginning with verse 1, the writer of Hebrews says, Let brotherly love continue. Can we say continue? Continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. Verse 3, Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Lord, speak to us today from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The American Dialect Society in 91 began choosing words to be known as words of the year. At the conclusion of each year, they determine what will be the word for that year. So last year, some words that they were considering were YOLO, an acronym for You Only Live once, Fiscal Cliff, Gangnam Style, before I tell you which word they chose, let me just share some of the words in the past. In 92, the word of the year was the word not, coming from Dana Carey, I believe. In 93, the word was Information Highway. Related to that, 94, the word was Cyber. 95, the word was Web. And newt, to newt something is to be aggressive even though you're a newcomer. Newt Gingrich was uh, approaching, you know, government with his contract for America and yet even though he was new on the scene, he was aggressive with his policy that he wanted us to embrace as a culture. And so it became known as to newt something, to be new and yet to push something before you maybe have enough traction to be successful. 98, the word was e, as in email, e-machine, e-commerce. The word of the year in 99 was Y2K. Who remembers the Y2K? 2000, the word of the year was Chad. 2001, unfortunately, the word was 9/11. 2002, the word was WMD. 2004 was Red State, Blue State. The word of the year in 2006 was the word Plutoed. Because Pluto had been downgraded from a planet to something else, if you got demoted, that was known as being Plutoed. The word of the year in 2007 was default. 2008 was bailout. 2009 was tweet. The word of the year in 2010 was app. And 2011 was occupy. And the word of the year for last year, all the tweeters in the house will know what I'm saying, what it means, is the word hashtag. While starting a new year can be fresh and green, yet often what it takes to succeed is not new. While we've chuckled over the new words that come up on the scene each year, what it takes to succeed in each new year is old and timeless. While our shallow pop culture may not pick up on such ancient words always, their importance can never be escaped, manipulated, or replaced. I'm talking about words like truth and integrity, honesty and hard work, mercy and compassion, patience and endurance, faith and virtue, faithfulness, hope, and love. This morning I would like to talk to you on old words through a new year. The texts we just read are definitely old words. Approaching 2,000 years of age, these words are words of good advice if we're going to become healthy as a church, if we're going to be fruitful as believers. It begins with these words, let brotherly love continue. Let it continue. The Darby Translation uses the word abide for continue. The Young's Literal Translation says, let brotherly love remain. The New Living Translation says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. And the Contemporary English Version says, keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should. It's not a matter of, well, in 2012, I cared about people. But 2013 is me time. (laughs) No, this is to be part of our lifestyle. We are to continue. We're not to stop. Me and Jesus have our own thing going, but it's not the only thing going. It's me and you and Jesus. The cross was vertical and horizontal. The Christian life is individual as well as corporate. As Americans, we tend to be very hyper-individualistic because of our care for people's rights and our care for the individual. But if you push it to an extreme, you miss out on caring for all individuals. Caring for ourselves as a people You know, there's a science in the world known as psychology. That is a study of people as individuals. And sociology is a study of people as a group. And so it is in good theology. We care about people as individuals and people as groups. This coming Saturday is the grocery giveaway again, where our church purchases half an 18-wheeler load of food. And some other churches in town purchase the other half. And we give groceries away all morning long on the third Saturday morning of every month. And so this this Saturday. They need volunteers. If you'd like to do your part in letting brotherly love continue beyond the walls of this church, by all means, show up at 830. Uh, I think the giveaway starts at 9. It's a great way to meet new people. And it's a lot of fun. Verse 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some have unknowingly entertained angels. The basic Bible says take care to keep an open house because in this way some have had angels as their guests without being conscious of it. The good news Bible says remember to welcome strangers in your homes. The message Bible says be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Do not neglect to show kindness to strangers. This builds on the previous verse. The previous verse said let brotherly love continue. That is people you know and you care about, show love to them. This includes those who we don't know in that approach. Not only letting brotherly love continue, but letting loving those who may not necessarily be my brother yet, because I don't know them, let it continue. This is the team in Romania unloading the container of shoes. People we don't know are going to have warm feet this winter because of our efforts as a church to send coats and shoes and boots to them. And who knows the blessing that could come to us. Somebody in some gypsy village could wind up being a missionary and come to America and bless our nation. Last week I had lunch with a Liberian, that is the IT director at TCC, the Southern Campus in Fort Worth. I met him, he was 13 years old on a mission base. And now he's a missionary to America serving our educational system. It comes back to us. And there is a chance somebody you minister to could be an angel. Could be. So open yourself up to new possibilities. This is about more than just opening your homes up to strangers. This is opening your car up to people that need rides. Obviously, we have to walk in wisdom. But this is opening our hearts up to people that have needs. 2012 was a year for that. Guess what? 2013 will be. 2014, 2015. This is basic Christianity. Verse 3 Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Now at this time, the church was in intense persecution. I mean, Nero eventually would use Christians as lights in his garden. He doused them in flammable liquids and light them up. Use them as human torches to light the way. I mean, an unbelievable torture was happening. martyrdom. Was going on? And so the church had a concern for brothers and sisters that were in prison. I mean, in pagan cultures, even in this day, uncivilized cultures, if you're in prison, you're only going to eat what people give you. And Paul, one time in prison, wrote, hey, bring me a coat. Inhumane conditions continue to exist in prison systems around the world. As a church, I would hope 2013 we can Pray about getting more involved in doing something that's effective. What can we do as a church to be a part of helping be a strength to Christians that are persecuted? Where the majority of our resources given towards that endeavor would make it there. Because we want to obey this verse in 2013. Also, if we're to love strangers, I think this involves prisoners who are not our brothers and sisters. Maybe they're in there because they need to be. You know what? They need the love of God, don't they? Remember those who are in prison and being just mistreated as if you were in prison with them and undergoing their torture yourselves. Regard prisoners as if you were in prison with them. Look at victims of abuse as if what happened to them had happened to you. Identify with those in need is what this is saying. It's not Christ-like to look down our noses at people that have made mistakes in their life and are where they need to be. They don't need to be out on our streets. But they need to know God loves them, that a Savior died for them, and we need to make room in our hearts and our lives to do something in the area of reaching out to those who are in prison. Lest one day we stand before the Master who will say, I was in prison and you visited me, or I was in prison and where were you at? We have outreach at our county jail every Thursday at 7 and almost every Monday at the Juvenile Detention Center at 645. Check it out. This is opportunities to minister. Oh, but I just want to go to church, sit and soak and make me feel good and go on and go fishing and do my own thing. You are safe for more than sitting. Amen. This church has 301 seats in it. That's the seating capacity. I think we could cram. If we were in Africa, we could get 500 in here easier. But more important than a seating capacity is a church's sending capacity. How many are being sent in the ministry every week? Sometimes when we end the service, we end it one of two ways. We end it with an opportunity to receive prayer, or we end it with a charge, go get them tigers, because we have a job to do out there. When you drive off this property, you are entering the mission field. Verse 4, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. The complete Jewish Bible says marriage is honorable in every respect, and in particular, sex within marriage is pure. But God will indeed punish fornicators and adulterers. The message Bible says honor marriage and guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between wife and husband. God draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex. What is fornication and adultery? Adultery is sexual sin outside the bonds of marriage that involve married people. What is fornication? Fornication is sexual sin outside the bonds of marriage involving unmarried people. But you don't understand my circumstances. The circumstances is God will judge fornicators and adulterers. And I would not be a good pastor if I did not warn you and say, don't do that. There's consequences to that. It'll, It'll leave you alone. It'll leave you with diseases. It will leave you with problems that isn't his desire for you to have. Sex is a wonderful thing. Just like fire is a blessing to us. Outside of the fireplace, outside of the boundaries God established for it when He gave to it, gave it to us. It can be very destructive. And since we're living in the day in which we live, let me just restate this. Marriage is a covenant between a husband and a wife. Two husbands don't make a marriage. Two wives don't make a marriage. Adam and Steve cannot conceive. Even Mary cannot carry. I'm sorry. If Mary is, then somebody else has been involved. This is not popular. This is not the new thing. This is the old thing. But this is what makes a culture strong. This is what makes churches healthy. This is what makes believers fruitful and healthy where they're able to minister to people in prisons. They're able to show hospitality to strangers because their life isn't a big mess. They've got some order in their life so that they can be a blessing to somebody, so that they can be giving brotherly love and not needing it all the time. If your life's a mess, let me encourage you today. Jesus forgives, He redeems, and He'll turn your mess into a message. But you got to stop it and begin to follow Him. Amen? Lord, help us to stop everything we need to stop. Amen? Give us the strength. Safe sex is not a condom. Safe sex is marriage and being faithful in it. Verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Last time I preached we talked about contentment that it means to be happy with what you have and not disturbed by a desire for something more or something different. You may want something more. You may want something different, but you're not disturbed by that desire. That's contentment. Being content with what you have. If you're an American, you are already blessed. Our forefathers have blessed us. Amen? And we stand on their shoulders and the blood that they shed and the sweat that they toiled for us. We are blessed. We've got a whole lot to be content about. Even though you may want more out of life. Do not let those wants disturb you. There are Plenty of people that are not content and they're not enjoying their blessings. And guess what? If their desires are met, they won't be happy with those either. Happiness is not found in the abundance of things that you possess. They're found in peace that only God can give. The CJB version says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be satisfied with what you have. For God himself has said, I will never fail you nor abandon you. In Deuteronomy 31, Moses prophesied this thing that is being quoted in these verses. Verse 7, it says, Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, and he began to prophesy, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you and He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Can we say, do not fear? fear. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Can we say it? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? he could kill me but you know to be absent from the body is present with the Lord Psalms 27 David said the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear are we believers or not do we trust God or not then what should we be afraid of he goes on to say the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid the man that wrote that faced a giant and says Who is He? Not because He was great. Because God is great. Psalm 86, he wrote, In God I will praise His Word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The fear of man is crippling. And and I don't want to belittle it. But if you are afraid of people and live in fear of what they think all the time, there's freedom for you. Jesus faced the worst that man could give and took it upon himself and rose from the dead as a first fruit so that we no longer would have to be afraid of what people can do. Take your greatest fear and follow it to its most extreme conclusion. It will always wind up in death. And in death we have nothing to fear. Old words for a new year. Continue to love one another. This word continue implies that something has already begun. Jesus began. He laid down his life for us. He said greater love has no man than this, than that a man should lay down his life for his friend. So he started it. He first loved us. And now he asked us, to love others. He said, by this the world will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. So Jesus started giving love. Does that mean you agree with everybody? No, you don't have to agree with everybody. You can actually agree to disagree and still walk in love. Jesus started it. Remember to show mercy to everyone. Jesus came. Showing mercy the point of giving his life when he could have called the Bible said legions of angels to set him free he didn't he allowed the persecution to happen because he was our sacrificial lamb he took our place thirdly bless the persecuted members of the body he was persecuted for us and we know him in the fellowship of his sufferings when we are persecuted And as members of his body, we should care for one another when we are hurting. And he identified so much with those that are in prison. He said, I was in prison and you visited me. Or I was in prison and you didn't visit me. I was naked and you clothed me. Or I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and you visited me. Or you didn't visit me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Or you didn't. I was hungry and you gave me food. He identifies with the needs of people. He became one of us. Fourthly. Coming to a conclusion of the sermon here. Stay sexually pure and faithful to your marriage. And those who are unfaithful, He forgave and said, Go and sin no more. As the groom, we are the bride. We are His bride. We should stay true to Him. True to His Word. True to the covenant that He has made for us. That's the beauty of the cross. In the cross, He made a covenant with the Father for us. So that we would have an unshakable relationship. But also on the cross, He paid the price for breaking covenant. Because it was till death that we part. And He took the death upon Himself. So that you can be assured He will never, ever leave you. Oh, I should be killed for how wicked I am. Guess what? Jesus already was for you. That's the Gospel. And fifthly, stop all coveting and be committed to contentment. Coveting will lead you into debt and all kinds of other things. Jesus came from heaven, from the throne, down to earth as a baby born in a feed trough. I know we say manger. It sounds all spiritual, but it was a feed trough. And lived pretty poor. Lived in Nazareth. If you've ever been to Nazareth, it's like a one-goat town in Mexico. That's where he lived for 30 years after the trip to Egypt. They wound up settling there. He became poor so that you and I could be blessed. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And there are rewards in heaven. And even though you may have experienced injustice, you can still live a life of peace because as an eternal being, your life is not over. This is just a chapter in your life. This is just a time of conflict, but resolution is coming. Who likes a good story? All good stories, all dramas has conflict. If you're watching a great movie, everything's going great for the stars, you know something's going to go wrong. And then resolution comes. We love the resolution side of the story, but if there wasn't for trials, there would be no victory. No fight. No conquering. So get rid of flight. Take it out of your vocabulary. Let's stand and fight. Amen? Boldly proclaim your faith in God and your freedom from fear. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to you? May 2013 be a year of speaking boldly. Our faith in our Redeemer. Things like Romans 8. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing. That pretty much covers it all, doesn't it? Shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Isaiah 54 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. The Lord will do it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. It doesn't matter what people say or do or don't say or don't do. Nothing and nobody can sever you From your loving Father, whose love is eternal and strong. Let's boldly say this together. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We're able to say that because he's promised never to leave us or forsake us. No matter how it feels, you are not alone. Pastor, you don't know, but I deserve to be alone. I've done some wrong. You know, God is all knowing. He's omniscient. That is one of the doctrines of the church. He knows everything in advance. So He knew you were going to do wrong. He knew you were going to reap the consequences you're reaping. And He wasn't taken by surprise. In fact, He already made provision for it from the foundation of the world. The Lamb was slain, He paid the price. The Lord is your helper don't have to fear because no one, not even yourself, can separate you from His love if you'll call upon Him. Let's call upon Him today. Say, Jesus, I call on You. Take my messes. Take my sins. And help me to repent. I turn from my self-willed ways. And I give my life to You. Praying just like that. Where new beginnings. A new year can begin today. It's not January 1st. But today can begin. Be New Year's Day for you. So that you can boldly say. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. May the Lord God Almighty. Lift up His countenance upon you. And give you His peace. And may you be able to walk in boldness according to his word. What can man do to you? Nothing. Unless God allows it. And if God allows it, good's going to come out of it. Amen. God bless you. Go get it. Tigers. We got a job.